This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. A really important interview, I think. Uh, the situation with our provincial health care system, Sarah Hoffman is right. It's troubling. The, the issue, though, is it's not just here. It's right across the country. Are there things that the UCP government could do better? I'm sure there are, undoubtedly. Um, but I, I just think it's unfair to characterize this as a uniquely Alberta problem because it's not. We're seeing it right across the country right now. But in talking with our province, as you heard this week, um, another urgent care center in Calgary announced they would be closing or not closing, but reducing the hours that they're open. Um, a memo went out to Edmonton hospitals directing them to make sure that every unit takes one more patient than they actually have room for. So basically just put them in the hallway, treat them in the hallway. Obviously not ideal, and that order has since been uh, lifted. But um, it was done in order to free up space in emergency rooms because we know how backlogged they are and we know how backlogged ambulances are. I mean, it just goes on. It just goes on. It's not good. There are issues. There's no doubt about it. So why? What's going on? We're going to chat with uh, Dr. Paul Parks, who is president of the emergency medicine section of the Alberta Medical Association. Dr. Parks, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for having me on this important topic. It really is so important, and obviously, uh, no nobody says this is optimal. This is this is bad. We got a we got a problem on our hands. But give us a snapshot here. I know you actually work in an ER as well. So w- what's going on in Alberta hospitals right now that we're at the point where you know, hey, just stick them in a hallway, or we're going to have to reduce hours? What is the situation? What's going on? It's it's dire to be honest. You know, I've been talking about this for months and months. But to be blunt, I'll tell you all of the. All of the hospitals across the province are struggling and, you know, Edmonton, that memo of putting people in the hallway, that that's just an added layer of disaster mode functioning, um, you know, that that bought us some time so that we could see the critically ill so we could try to keep uh, providing the services in the emergency departments. But I I have to tell you that 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 kind of state that we're we're really struggling in the middle of the summer right now, it's, it's beyond dire, really, because. Typically, our volumes would be a bit lower in the summer. We wouldn't have the respiratory viruses. We wouldn't have a lot of those admissions. And, and to see that our our entire acute care system is struggling um, with capacity in August, we're, we're terrified of what, what the upcoming uh, fall might look like. Yeah, no doubt. I think a lot of people share your concern. Um, taking a look at where we are now, all of these actions that are being taken are basically to try and make sure that care can be maintained at all levels, right? Like when you take a look at the Edmonton situation, it's okay, we're going to stick somebody in a hallway, which isn't great, but that'll free up a a space in the ER. It's all trying to sort of massage the bottleneck, right? And and limit it as much as possible? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the simplest way to put it would be it's a way to spread the pain um, that, you know, and and the pain's pretty bad out there right now because even on the hospital wards, for example, they're already over capacity yeah, where, yeah. Where, the, where they might be, you know, 100% capacity is the max. They're at 150 up there. And then what's happening is in an emerge department, say, that has 50 beds, there can be times where 50 care spaces, there's 50 patients who should be admitted in the hospital with really serious conditions like strokes, heart attacks, broken bones everything that they need to be in the hospital but there's no space for them and so so when we get to that disaster mode where where they officially say listen we have to push up the next most stable person to the middle of a hallway uh for hours to days Mm -hmm. just so we can open up one more space in the emerge so we can offload those ambulances so we can see the really sick 
people who are presenting to our emergency departments that that that's where the state is as a kind of a regular baseline now to be honest with you and that's how difficult it is that we're, we're in the environment we're functioning in uh, talking with Dr. Paul Parks, president of the emergency medicine section of the Alberta Medical Association. Uh, doctor, what happened? I mean, I know healthcare has always been stressed. It's always been, you know, operating in the barest of margins, but it seems we've tipped past that into a point now where we're having to make some really hard decisions and close the doors in some uh, facilities. What happened? How did we get here? What is the problem? So I think it's it's very fair to say we've been struggling with capacity and you know, access blocking issues up to and before the pandemic, but the pandemic really exposed our system. Um, and part of the big, there's a couple of pieces. One was, there's no question that almost three years of a pandemic has really worn out and burnt out a lot yeah. of our frontline staff. Like there's no question, a lot have left, a lot have quit, a lot have moved to other, way, other provinces. So that's one. Two, unfortunately in Alberta, you know, when they talk about that this is a problem across the country, and it is to a degree, but in Alberta, our government decided to wage war against healthcare workers, tore up contracts, told nurses and paramedics and everybody you could think of that they're overpaid and, um, you know, so very hostile kind of environment. So we haven't been able to recruit people in into into our, our province. And then and then the third piece is we have just increased volumes of really complex sick people because a lot of care was delayed over the last couple of years, like surgeries postponed, things like that, cancer care. Um, so it's that perfect storm, and now now we're in this we're in this position now where I'd say unless the government comes out and policymakers and Alberta comes out and says, listen, this is a national kind of you know a, a provincial emergency, declare it for what it is, and then create a plan to address it. We're just going to be putting band aids on it. We're just going to be oh waits are ten hours. Let's try to do this, move this one patient to mm -hmm. a hallway so we can see if we can help. We have to declare this as the crisis it is and, and create a, you know, a, a provincial workforce strategy and, and find out how, how many nurses are we missing? How many docs are we missing? What's the plan to fix this? Um, I, I think you're right. We will continue to put Band-Aids on it as we are right now. I, I guess the question is, if this is the new baseline going forward, and as you say, you're expecting things to get worse. I mean, th that backlog of people who deferred care, is there any chance this is going to get better? Or like, like, it, No one has a crystal ball, but is it possible to look six months into the future, one year, two years, and see where we might be if things don't suddenly get addressed properly? We have to be optimistic that if, if we try to fix the problem, so if we declare the problem and try to fix it, yep. then we have to be hopeful that we could. If we don't, if we carry on like this, if the government carries on pretending like, you know what, it's, here's the most frustrating thing from healthcare workers on the front lines that I'll tell you right now, is basically we're screaming, listen, we're on fire, we're on fire, or we're drowning, help us, help us. And the government's response right now has mostly been, oh, well, you know what, every province is on fire, everyone's drowning. Uh, you know, so and that's all their response is. So unless we do a very concerted uh, response with some big, there's big picture ideas out there that we can do, yeah. like a workforce plan, like we can improve home care, long term care. Um, you know, there's lots of pieces we could do that would help our system 100 uh, percent. It's just not clear to us that this has been prioritized, that anybody is doing this in a big level way. And, and you know, obviously the relationship with healthcare workers is strained between the provincial government and the healthcare workers. I'm wondering, you know, back in, I think it was January, a, a pretty sizable increase was agreed to for nurses in our province. Has that changed it at all? I think 4.25% uh, under the new contract, they agreed to that deal. Has that helped ease relations at all? 
I, I think it's better than not having a contract, but I'll tell you that one thing that needs to be really clearly stated is it's not just about money and percentages. That's obviously important. People yeah. need to work to sure. be wage and be paid for what they do, but it's also being valued and respected. And so as an example that I can tell you, uh, physicians, it's been over two years, we don't have a contract with the government, but, but what that means, it's not just what physicians get paid, but it's also... There's no working relationship for frontline physicians to put input to the government to, to say, hey, here's our expertise. Here's here's work with us so we can fix the system. That's what it means when the government is adversarial against these different groups like nurses, respiratory therapists and physicians. And so I think getting contracts is absolutely a first start. But the second would be the public should be telling everybody, listen, our most valuable resource in the healthcare system are our trained, skilled people who provide the care. You could build 100 more hospitals in Alberta right now, and if you don't have caring, skilled nurses and healthcare workers to treat the patients, they're useless. Yep. They're just big buildings. Yep. So, so that's what we need the public to demand and say, listen, this is our – I think it's fair to say Albertans value – access to timely, safe health care as a top priority, and, and I think government should too then. And like you said, you know, some of these big picture items and contracts and, and things like that and uh, home care and all the rest, absolutely things that need to be looked at, but we're at a crisis. So if, you know, you, like you're saying, you're calling out, we're on fire here, we need help. What does that help look like today, Dr. Parks? What happens today to, to make things better for not only you, but for Albertans who need emergency care in this province? What can we do today? Yeah, hundred percent. And I should I should echo that's why I'm speaking to you and we're advocating is we want to be able to take care of sick people. So we don't want them to not come in. And so I think the very first step, declare it as the crisis and the problem it is, then 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 that allows us to mobilize some resources where we can do things. We have an advantage of being one health authority, so we could load level in where if certain hospitals are 170% capacity where others are 85 out in the rural areas, maybe we could spread that load a little yeah. bit. It might be painful because maybe maybe family members have to travel a bit further to go see their loved ones. Uh, but, but the whole point there is that if we have a big provincial-wide approach where we can look at, say, here's, here's what we're going to do for workforce planning. Here's what we're going to do for very short-term, really emergency-type disaster measure mode so we can relieve, decant the pressure a bit, so then we can put in the medium and long-term plans. That's what we need right now. And AHS is obviously working furiously to try to do some of these things. And that's what that memo is. That's that's an example of it, right? Of putting, listen, we got to put people in hallways. That's that's one measure that's being done. But then big pieces like tying into long-term care and tying, tying into hospitals and other places and um, you know load leveling and workforce uh, shifting and things like that, that needs to be done at a very high-level, concerted, provincial led by the government with all the major stakeholders. And that doesn't exist right now. That That's one of the problems we're screaming and begging, begging for help on. Dr. Parks, exactly the kind of insight we were looking for. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you.